Live from Tom's Watch Bar inside New York, New York, it's Cofield and Company. I think I read this correctly. Do you like something? They had sweetness in there. I know, so cool. And doing his trademark, ooh, head back. Is that little bag that's like $1.19 good fettuccine, Alfredo? Good value. It is but good you would like it. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. You heard it. Tom's Urban. Here on a Tuesday as we're getting ready for VGK Hockey tonight, right around the corner. If you don't know about Tom's Urban, it's at New York, New York. Beautiful patio. We're just inside the door, so come on down. Stop in. Tom's Urban's giving away VGK tickets. We've got some NASCAR tickets we're giving away, lots of other goodies, and this is one of the best sports bars in all of Las Vegas. And like I said, the patio is spectacular. A short walk from the Fortress. Willie's here, Cofield. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studios. We got a busy day to get to. I guess the biggest topic in Sports Talk Radio, we may broach it. I'm not going to. When I say we, Willie's going to talk about it. That's coming up at some point in the show. We got a ton of NFL. March Madness is on the way. NHL, NBA. You get what I'm saying? If you don't want to play, we got other stuff to cover. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-NOVA. Willie, how you doing, buddy? I'm soaking up the atmosphere. I'm, I'm having a good time already. We're, we're, we're two minutes in. You got an Arnold Palmer? I got an Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. I'm watching the beautiful Las Vegas Strip. The weather is fantastic. We got a big game tonight, the Golden Knights against the Sharks. We got a lot to talk about with that game. A lot of storylines, a lot of angles. We're going to get into it. And uh, Danny's here. We got March Madness. We got women's basketball this week. We got UNLV hoops closing up the season. We just got a lot of motivation, a lot of hype. I haven't been on the show in a week. You've sort of banned me for a little bit. That's not true, but it was worth the hype. Anyway, what's 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 going what's going on with you? VGK hockey's going on. We'll get to it here in just a couple minutes. All right, let's do it. Where do you want to go? I never do this. You know, when I do rundowns, we have direction we're going in. The yeah. show moves fast. That's the plan. We're not doing it. We're the floor is yours. There's nothing no, else. the floor is yours because if you want to do it. Nope. I'm, I'm sticking to the game plan. They almost got you. I had so many notes opening the show because I was raging, sitting, getting ready for the show. And then I saw on the drive down that a certain sport decided to cancel the first two weeks of the season. I so mean, I if, if you don't if you don't care, I don't. If they don't care, that's if, the if, thing. If they don't care, I don't care. You know what I care more about? Today is National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. And it's important. 90 minutes of peanut butter talk. It, 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 is, it is important in sports. Why? Because, well, it can be an energy boost to healthy fat. When we were kids, peanut butter on celery was a nice little snack for athletes. Still is. Let's talk about peanut butter. I assume this is one of those things Ari can't eat because he's got an allergy. Oh, Not to suggest that you folks who have nut allergies are 
pansies or anything, but I feel like uh, he doesn't like anything and he's allergic to the rest of it. Well, that is a fair assessment. Normally, I love peanut butter. It is also very great uh, for those days when I can't get my hands on some meat. Great source of protein. I am a peanut butter lover, you might say. It's a you said that you said that in I don't know why I thought it was creepy, but it, that sounds to <laughs> me like a uh, yeah. Justin Timberlake. Uh, what's his name? Whoa, is it Sandberg? Sounds like one of their songs, a peanut butter lover, or is that a mother lover? That's a mother lover. Can we play that? Can you draw? Can you dump all the uh, the cusses in that? Sure. Want to crank that up? Let's go, mother lover. Mother loving peanut butter lover. <laughs> Be careful. Be very please. I was I I knew exactly what I was saying. How often do you have peanut butter? Oh, I could eat peanut butter two three times a day. I never eat it. I love it. And, and we have it. We have it all over. The house, yeah. the so just it's, she just forgets she has it. So we've got, we might have ten jars of peanut butter. I never remember it when it's time for a quick snack. I don't know what my problem is. The problem for me, I, just, I still haven't done the air fryer thing with the PB and J. Oh, I did it. I know yeah. you and and uh, Hill both did it. Yeah, it was I don't fantastic. know what's wrong with me. Fantastic. Um, the uh, you know I just did the twenty one day challenge over at the Perfect Gym, and you did? so and so we hadn't heard about that at all. Where? All right, did you know he did the 21-day challenge? I certainly didn't know where it was being done, that's for sure. It got bumped off the rundown several times, but here's the thing. Mm. He get, he's getting bumped off the rundown. He's it getting covered up for other hosts now. It's a, rough, it's a rough go for Willie. Jesus. Um, the, uh, the Jordan put on the nutrition plan, there was no peanut butter because, you know, two tablespoons is one serving is 14 grams of fat, even though it's a healthy fat. It just wipes out a lot of the, the fat content. But if I could – now, I do make – and Adam Hill can vouch for this. He's not listening because he's not here. But uh, peanut butter protein balls that are absolutely fantastic, especially post-workout. But I did see Ari put something on about since Adam is off today, we can have a civil conversation about crunchy or smooth. There's no, There should be no conversation. It's smooth, creamy, and there is no such thing as crunchy. There should never be anything. There should never be a crunchy peanut butter in anyone's cabinet. Wow. End of story. I thought I thought this was going to be not worse than with Adam, but it is, in fact. Well, there's not as much yelling. Well, the fact that you can't He's eat not peanut as butter. Defiant. The fact that well, you can't eat peanut butter, you you don't belong in the conversation. No, 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 I do. Not only I eat both is the key here, and I believe oh, oh. Steve. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the past, isn't your guys' argument crunchy peanut butter all day? You guys are suckers if you only eat smooth peanut butter and stuff like that, which I think is absurd. Is that not the uh, wrong show? That's probably the very truculent demand. <laughs> With some of his listeners. Um, no, I like both. I like smooth. I like crunchy. Um, I like I like peanut butter so much that while I don't eat traditional peanut butter, any sort of peanut butter chocolate mix, which, by the way, we have to oh, get into yes, later in the week. Yes, My God. Yes. But any sort of peanut butter chocolate mix, That's right. I'm down with. And last night, uh -oh. I, you know, I'm going to save that. I'm going to tell you what I had last night in the 5 o'clock hour. This is very exciting. MLB has canceled the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. We refuse to talk about it. That's all I'll do is I'll mention it. It's peanut butter talk all day long. We're breaking down ice cream in the five o'clock hour. International Pancake Day. International Pancake. We got. We got. Basically, it's a three-hour fat pack. <laughs> While we'll be drinking the uh, Red Bull Party Starter here at Tom's Urban yeah. and getting on line completely an island. I'm, I'm. I'm drunk now. Does Tom? I'm hammered now. FCC, come. Let's go. I'm getting. I'm hammered. She's bringing me the menu. Well, you already got a Arnold Palmer, which I thought was a really interesting early show drink choice. When you have a long night. Do you spike that? No. Come you don't on. go hard lemonade? No. 
Never. Hard iced tea? No. Why not? What if you double them up? Don't drink. That'd be a drink. I just drink wine. It's amazing. I can't, I can't I know, how, the, the discipline you have. You want me to? There's no. There's you no, want me to drink? Ari, how does he do it? I mean, there's no fornicating. Well, you do that too. There's no fornicating. There's no drinking. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, you know the discipline. The only the only benefit that you would get from me drinking during this show is that it would get national headlines of Willie Ramirez, co-host with Steve Kerr, got in a fight at Tom's Herb. <laughs> Willie Ramirez stood there as Steve Cofield fell off the stage to uh, a serious back injury, and then he turned around and said, "F that." <laughs> there he is, <laughs> Willie Stafford. Yeah, Willie, <laughs> Willie Stafford. Yeah, you're you're right. If you don't drink. You gotta you gotta build yourself up. Yeah, see, now you, back don't, in, you don't just come back in the out day of the gates to- like a freaking back in the day angry the, bull. The tolerance was very strong. Now you just pop open a cork and tequila, and it's it's. I'm, you just I'm, you I'm, with it? I'm three sheets in. Oh, DJ Ram, what was your drink? DJ Willie Ram, what was DJ your drink Willie back Will. in the day over at? Uh, Look at you promised her that you were going to do that. He already kicked over his cup of water. No, they gave us her. they gave us three drinks. Two waters and an Arnold Palmer, and she's like, "I put the childproof cap on it." And I was like, "I'll definitely knock it over." Yeah, he he removed it from the table it. and put it on the floor so it wouldn't spill. It worked, and he kicked it over. It worked, so not a drop um, came out. It depended on the era. It depended on the era. So in the in the mid '80s to late '80s, which I've told the story, is where I used to drink Long Island iced teas, and they were in tumbler cups for four bucks at Tramps on Flamingo and Arville. So I'd walk in there with twenty dollars. And it would cover me for four hours because I'd have a Long Island every hour and give a tip. And then at the bottom of the hour, the tequila girl, they have to buy their own bottles. They walk around with holsters with the tequila. I remember those. Yeah. she. T- the only way to exchange the bottle, they'd have to sell all their shots. And then they buy it back at cost. And then they sell their shots for five bucks a piece. Well, when it got to the bottom, she'd go to all the regulars in the club and just give away the shots. She'd go, Will you here to have a shot? So I'd have free tequila and $4 Long Islands. You were the man of pinkies. Pinkies. You were the man of the wow. beach. The beach, I didn't. Uh, that was a that was a meat house. Couldn't do that one. I've been there. What do you mean? You you can't do a meat house? No, I didn't like that. Pretty it meaty, was too, dude. Too crowded. Know. Too crowded. By then, I was hanging out at Played Against Sam's pre-Gentleman's Club days. It was a jazz club. Botany's was a good spot. But then it, it transitioned into seven and sevens. And then... Um, my great uncle came in town for my mom's surprise 50th birthday, and he came to my club. I'm drinking seven and sevens, and next day I wake up just annihilated, sick, stomach just churning. And he goes, you know why you're sick? I go, yeah, because I drink all. He goes, no. He goes, because you're not drinking like a man, and you put seven up in your drinks. Quit putting sugary like soda and mixers in your drink yep. and drink the alcohol like a man. And from that day forward, I never put soda or cranberry juice or orange juice in any of my liquor. It was straight. Tom's Urban is humming here on a Tuesday. We're out here uh, often throughout the rest of the regular season for the NHL and the Golden Knights. You come out to cheer on your Knights, all the NHL, NBA, NCAA action all over the place here. 40 screens to watch games on. Excellent spot for March Madness. Going to have watch, uh, watch parties throughout the month, so make your plans now. And you can come on down and try their signature cocktail. It's the Red Bull Party Starter. Um, the baseball news, very briefly, they can't come to an agreement. Those of us with any common sense knew this was going to happen. I have banned baseball from the show since they locked out. I'll mention it a couple times throughout the show. Uh, they have canceled the first two weeks. Of the season, if you want to, flip the 920 right now. They might be talking about it on Q's show. The uh, hockey show is coming up at 4 o'clock. 
BTK Insiders. Maybe they'll hit on it there. You know, brag about uh, labor peace in the NHL. But right now, you can flip to Fox Sports Radio. I don't go to Satellite if you want to hear it. Go across town to the CBS Odyssey affiliate. I don't care. I don't care. Because I don't think people want to hear about it. I think everyone's sick and tired of it. First two weeks of the regular season are dumped. They don't care. Why should we? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Here it comes. And Correa lines this one out to right center field. And that ball is gone. Just over the yellow line. A go-ahead two-run home run for Correa. And the Astros are on top four to two. Caratini batting left-handed. Swings at the first pitch. Hits it in the air. Deep down the right field line. Towards the pole. Gonna go. A two-run homer for Victor Caratini. Just call him clutch. Padres with their first lead of the night, 3-1. to one. And it hit Contreras. And now Contreras pointing out at Brad Boxberger. What are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we just playing no Major League Baseball on the show? It's banned. That's it. We're out. Cut it out. Do what Unplug the Commodore 64 right now, damn it. Do it. No baseball. They don't want to play. They don't care. That's it. They get no pops on the show. You know what's more important? The Golden Knights and getting out of this well, that swoon they're in and getting PDD his, uh, PDB his uh, 500th win. Well, that, yes, but it's the top of the fifth at uh, Early Wilson, UNLV Baseball. Good. They want to play. Yep. The Hustlin' Rebels are up on Utah 6-4. to four. Josh Sharman, local kid, he's on the hill for uh, right now. So, anyway. I didn't get Aviators tickets now, so go get them. Aviators, Fill up that ballpark, Hustle and Rebels, team. UNLV softball. I think they just went 6-0 and over the weekend the combined, baseball and softball, UNLV. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, we're transitioning from exciting, running Rebels surging in basketball, Lindy LaRock winning the Mountain West Conference Championship with the Lady Rebels, and, and now baseball and softball. Who needs Major League Baseball? Uh, Pete DeVore going for a milestone. You talk to him. Yes, sir. Summarize the conversation, and we'll play some of – the bites from this one. What do you think when you talk to him? I, I wanted to know if there was a difference between milestone when you get to 500, right? You've been coaching for X amount of time, right? With the Panthers and the Devils and the Sharks. Now the Knights. He's going to 500 wins. Is there a difference between monumental wins and milestone wins to this point in your career? And he said, absolutely, that there are certain games, not just even wins, but monumental games in your career. One of the ones he brought up was actually a loss with the Golden Knights because it meant that a future win in the playoffs in revenge even held more significance. So it's more about the monumental wins to this point in his career. I asked him if he um, ever took a moment to reflect on his career or if he has time to do that during the season. He said, I really don't even do that during the offseason. His longtime assistant, Steve Spotting him. They joke all the time. Steve says he says one day we'll just be feeding pigeons on the park bench talking about it. Here he is talking about monumental versus milestone W's. You remember the monumental wins, but other than that, what you remember uh, when you're talking numbers like that are the people, you know, the the players you got to coach over that time, the the trainers you got to work with, the the other coaching staffs that you've had, um, you know, that that's what you remember, the laughs uh, that you had along the way, you know, enjoying those those wins after a game. You don't remember the actual win. You remember the the people uh, that you uh, enjoyed them with, you know, and, and, you, and you remember the monumental ones, you know, the ones that 
that move you or advance you in the playoffs or the overtime games, uh, you know, the, the, the conference championship games, those type of things. Here's Pete DeBoer trying to uh, get 500, talking about tonight. Yeah, uh, for sure. Although, although you know what, I think any time you, you get to beat your own team, uh, I, I would put that on, on the monumental list. So, And San Jose, that experience is fresh enough with me that that still gets the juices uh, flowing. Willie asking about reflecting on a career. Yeah, too too busy. Yeah, I, I think when you're in the middle of this, you don't reflect on anything. You don't reflect on last week. You know, you're 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 worried about what's next and what's coming. Um, so I'm not even sure you do it in the off season. I, I think uh, you know that's something that uh, Steve Spot has the saying. My my longtime assistant coach that one day we'll be sitting on a bench feeding the pigeons and maybe talk about it. Is that what you're going to do when you get a little older? Will it be radio or writing? I think radio is overtaking your career. Nice. I think you'll talk about your radio memories with Ari. Not with Ari, but about Ari. I think, you know what I'll be talking about? The show today at Tom's I'll be Urban. talking about this season on the air here, down here at Tom's Urban. I like this place. So that's what I'll be I'll be reminiscing. Oh, I'll be reflecting. That seemed almost shameless. Yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, like I said, you've been... You've been overtaken by uh, radio, and now you're an absolute radio pro. I don't know about a pro. You're getting close. Triple A. Triple A? Okay. I think you're a pro. It's more than we can say for the majors. Uh, Willie Ramirez talked to Pete DeVore about potentially getting win number 500 as a coach. Ari, fire this last one a little bit longer, but talking about special moments. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think... Uh, well, for sure. You know what? Some wins, some losses. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You know, one of the monumental games we lost uh, that I that I remember was uh, playing Colorado for the President's Trophy here last year uh, at home um, with a couple games left in the season, and and we were dressing, I think, three guys short, and and how well we played, how hard we played, and the the character that rose uh, to the top that night. Um, so I remember that game. You know, I, I thought that was a real important game for our group and our franchise that we could go in against a team like that with that record, shorthanded, and, and, and play that way and be that effective. And I really think that carried into our playoff series. So obviously game uh, five, Mark Stone scoring in overtime, uh, you know, huge. Uh, you know, game, game seven here against Minnesota, people underestimate uh, how how hard that series was, how physical Minnesota was, how good they were. And, and I think when you look back at that series now and you realize this year, I think last year everyone thought Minnesota's maybe a flash in the pan. They're, they're an elite team. Yeah. Um, so that, that game seven after such a hard fought series was, was, uh, was monumental. So, um, you know, those are, those are a couple just off the top of my head. So, <clears throat> He gave me some time yesterday after his availability, and that was pretty much the crux of the interview. But uh, so I'm preparing the story for hopefully, which I and I very rarely say that as a journalist covering a beat, uh, you go in with an objective mindset. But I would like to see him get number 500. He got number 499 in San Jose. Now he gets number 500 tonight at home against San Jose. As you heard a few moments ago, how you know just it's so fresh in his head the experience with San Jose. 
that it would mean a lot. It would be more monumental than milestone-ish at number 500. Um, so, yeah, aside from writing a game story, I will be preparing that story to run if he wins tonight and getting that uh, on the Associated Press Wire. Touching on a few other things and just mentioning a little bit of things over his career. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy who's – we asked him during the uh, media availability yesterday if this has been one of the toughest and trying seasons for him in terms of lineup making and looking up. I mean, all season he said – well, we're shorthanded. We're not going to use it as an excuse. But, boy, when we get healthy and then all of a sudden they get one or two guys back and they'll be, yeah, it looks like we're getting healthy, and then they take another step back. And he said, yeah, it's you know, it's, it's been difficult. It's definitely been difficult in terms of, you know, not knowing what you're, who you're going to be putting on what line and when. If he wins tonight, that's uh, 500 wins. He's in 28th place in a tie with Toe Blake. Toe Blake. Who was the Canadians coach. For 13 years, won eight Stanley Cups. Pretty good. Was was worn out. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if he had some untimely passing, but he was done at 55 years old. Well, and so quite the quite the mark for one Pete DeBoer. And Pete DeBoer has been to two Stanley Cup finals. He just has not won one yet. And this he has always said since he's arrived that he feels that this is the spot that he could possibly do it. So, Toe um, lived a long life. He lived until he was 82. Passed away in 1995. Hall of Famer in 1966. Old Toe. Do you think that Pete will be thinking about Toe? I don't know. But it's a pretty good guy to tie. Giveaway time. Let's go into the uh, 3.30 ticket window. 364-1100. Caller 6 and 7. 364-1100. Porta Subs is celebrating 50 years as your neighborhood sandwich shop. Right now, you can win. A two-foot porta sub sandwich. You can qualify for two tickets with your win to the ACM Awards coming to town. That's coming up this week, March 7th, Allegiant Stadium. You get your own tickets starting at 75 bucks at Ticketmaster.com. ACM's 57th edition of the ACM's hosted by Dolly Parton. 20 live performances include Jason Aldean, Marin Morris, Chris Young, Eric Church, and many more. Right now, you get your two-foot subs from Porta Subs, Caller 6 and 7, two qualifiers for that ticket package, 364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Ball to Bryce Hamilton on the left wing. Catch and shoot three is good! Hanging at Tom's Watch Bar, it's Cofield & Company. Rolling on at Tom's Urban. We're getting ready for a game at the Fortress right around the corner. we got a ton of prizes to sign up for, including VHK tickets for a future game from Tom's. If you don't know where Tom's is, right in front of New York, New York. So if you're coming down to the game, stop in, get a drink, get something to eat, try their signature cocktail, the Red Bull Party Starter. Double dose of the Urban Margarita Hibiscus Bombs with a full can of Red Bull Red. How about that? Good to go? Good to go. Good to go. Tomorrow night, senior night for the running Rebels on the men's side. And the women's. On the men's side, we know that Mike Nuga and Royce Ham, they're fifth-year guys. No COVID year left. This is their COVID year. A little bit of a question, Willie, with Bryce Hamilton. Do you think there's much of a decision for him? He's been here four years. 
was going to leave after three, came back for a fourth, has been unbelievable, leading the conference in scoring, both overall for the season and also in conference, where he's north of 24 points a game. Not much of a decision, right? You come back for a fifth? It, if you like the way that this season has turned out, sort of this in this last, I mean, aside from the just the loss that they just took, but I mean, the way things have come together as they've gotten healthier, um, if you see some promise and 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 what could be something special next year, it just depends. I mean, how you know? I mean, he, wasn't it a surprise that he came back? Was a surprise, yeah. So, I, mean, I think a lot of people assume first he'd try, you know, dip his toe in the NBA draft waters. If that didn't work out, then he would probably go to a Power Five and you know try to guarantee himself a, a trip to the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, out of nowhere, I think it's kind of a surprise he decided to come back and has had a monster year. And frankly, without him, you know, this team would probably be struggling. Yeah, he's been unbelievable, and he's moving up the all-time UNLV scoring charts. Been one of the uh, great all-time players and. Let's hope we can finish out strong here, and you know maybe they can make a – I won't call it a miracle run because I don't think there's anyone who's unbeatable in the Mountain West Conference, but you never know. Something they haven't really accomplished in in, in Vegas in the Mountain West Conference tournament. So It's and been we, a while. Uh, I will be... tell you that for senior night, uh, Kevin Kruger said he didn't know if uh, Bryce was participating in senior night. Really? Kevin likes to play the mystery game. Coach, Coach likes to – like, you know, actually, like a lot of coaches do, I mean, let, look, Pete DeBoer right now. Do we know, what, just the hell, do we say, know what the hell's going on with Robin Leonard? Well, I do, but. Well, but really. Well, if you do, then you should be coming on the air. Like, if is it serious or not with Robin Leonard? According to the person who put initially put it out there, it's as serious as he put out there, but they're treating it accordingly and they'll deal with it in the offseason. Okay, so they don't need to go and get a number one goalie by the 21st of this month. Mm-mm. All right, I trust you on that source. That's what your I mean. source. You're the source. I trust your source, and I trust you as a source. I trust my source in terms of you know on a national level and what he knows and who he's spoken with. So yeah, um, I just think that he's been dealt with and and uh, it's been treated and and can last. I mean, he's going to have to get blasted for it to, you know. It's I think at this point. It's been treated to the extent where it's now pain tolerant, and I think that uh, you know, I, and I think it's, and I think part of it is you know those little knocks and pings that some of the goalies. I mean, it's it's sort of an unwritten rule, you know, you just don't go tee off on the goaltender. But you know, when you're in the crease, little added elbow. I mean, you see goaltenders do it all the time. Flurry was notorious for it. He'd whack a guy in the in the shins with his with his stick. They hit all the time. So guy backs up into the crease. Sort of throws a little extra elbow to his shoulder, it's going to be painful. Unless, of course, you've been given a shot to numb it. So, all right, though, that's good news that they, it's not so bad that they have to really look for a number one. They're not going to go look for a number one. I, 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 I now, 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 I do think that the Golden Knights are going to make a splash. I think, and I only say that because I think that that's all they've ever done, that's all we've ever seen. And they have all this money tied up in on the injured list, right? We're coming down to the crunch time here in the season. You got Mark Stone on LTI. Or we don't know how long Max Pacioretty's on the shelf. 
Today, another William Carrier's question. Well, now that's not a lot of money, but they've got a lot of money tied up on injured reserve. Where if they can tie it up till the playoffs and they can go get somebody, they they don't even need to get rid of anyone. They can get rid of draft picks or prospects, whatever, and they can bring somebody in. So I do think that they'll make a splash at the deadline, be, only because that's what we've seen GM, 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 KM do. So, you know, that won't shock me. As far as a goaltender is concerned, I think Leonard is a big, strong dude. He's come to grips with his mental toughness where he's learned how to deal with things. He knows that he's accepted. and If he doesn't know at this point that he's wanted and loved in this town based on the fact that they shipped the Hall of Famer out and they chose him over for long term, I mean, and, you know, and Robin Leonard, you know, part of mental dealing with your mental health and cerebral health is talking about it and that's what he's done more and more and when you talk about it nonchalantly and and just be able to make it part of your conversation that's what cures and helps and relieves so that's what he's done it's more or less the pain tolerance at this point going out and wanting to play i think this guy wants to be on the ice oh, well here's not the, here, that's not the only thing though in terms of injuries like that's a big one you gotta have a starting goalie and a good one to make a run of the stanley cup title right but the problem is the Knights have been in this zone of well, when they get healthy. Okay, when's yeah. it happening? Because now we got more injuries. Yeah, I don't. That well, that I can't. That's achieve. the distressing part. Time is running out for. Hey, they'll be right when they need to be right. Right. They need to be right pretty soon, and they also they got to win games between now and then, or they're going to be on the outside looking in, and then it's not going to matter what's going on with you know Stone and Patches and freaking uh, Janmark. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. Because the, the, the way that they've been playing, they're not going to make the playoffs. The Zona game, I know there's a lot of time left, but the Arizona loss could be a killer towards the very end of the season. Well, a lot of these losses can be. But, but the you, loss but the other night against that, Colorado could but, be. But They were ahead. It's Colorado. It doesn't matter. They were ahead. They were, they, they were out playing I get, Colorado. I get it. I get it. They played a better. They were playing the better game against a really good yeah. team. But there are two seventy favorites on the road against Arizona. You can't freaking lose that game. No, you got to win. You got to win a lot of games. They got to win tonight. They have to win. They have to win against Boston. They got to win, and they especially have to win. Now they're going to start really getting into the nitty gritty in the division. Well, no, you know where they especially you have gotta, to win. They got to start winning games. at home because they've been better on the road. They have to just start playing. You know, and um, one thing that was a little surprising was, you know, Peter DeBoer said after the uh, the loss to Colorado, he said, you know, we did a lot of the good things, did a lot of the right things, except win. That almost sounds like a consolation prize. Like, well, we played good. You know, you got to go out and win. And you got – I said this when Pittsburgh came here, in, in which the Golden Knights dominated in the first period – and I can't remember which player it was of the Penguins in the post-game press conference, and he said that a lot of guys who have a lot of rings said a lot of things that I won't repeat. And I said they came out and played deliberate hockey. They played angry. We have yet to see. It's one thing to play hungry. It's one thing to play fast. It's one thing to play skilled. I don't think that we've seen the Golden Knights play angry hockey, deliberate hockey. With intent to hurt. And I don't mean injure. I mean coming out and playing hard nose, running rough shot over the opponent hockey. I don't think that we've seen it. And that's what they need to do. We're at Tom's Urban. 
right on the strip, New York, New York. We're getting ready for the big VGK game tonight, right around the corner from the Fortress. This place is going to be packed next week as Vegas is basketball, college basketball conference central. Pac-12 tournament going on right around the corner as well inside the Fortress. Let's give away four tickets for the Pac-12. You know about Arizona and Tommy Lloyd having a great year. UCLA was on the brink of winning a national title a year ago. USC is an outstanding program. Great rivalries across the board with this tournament. We've got uh, session two tickets. That's next Wednesday. Caller 7, 364-1100, You get your own tickets at pac12.com slash tickets. Tournament goes down from Wednesday, March 9th, all the way through Saturday with the title game on the 13th at T-Mobile. 364-1100. Ari's going to hook you up with four tickets to the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Stevenson centered, Eichel scores! The give and go, Stevenson to Eichel, and the Knights lead 2-0. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Tom's Watch Bar. Hanging out on the strip right around the corner from the Fortress Sharks Golden Knights tonight. Brett Hedekin is part of the uh, Sharks team, analysis team. Willie's here, it's Cofield. Brett, how you doing? Hey guys, hey, good, doing doing well. Just a uh, nice uh, day here in Vegas. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's funny. We're at a sports bar right around the corner from the arena, and my partner Willie just looked up, and MLB Network is on one of the TVs, and was like, "They got to get that off off of that TV." Listen, all sports have uh, periods of uh, labor unrest. Have you paid attention to what's going on with baseball at all? They canceled the first two weeks of the season because they can't come to an agreement. Yeah. No, I've. Been through uh, some labor disputes with the NHL back when I was a player, and uh, you know it's no fun for anybody. And you know you're right; there's a lot of dollars at stake. But you know there are there's people that are uh, out of jobs right now, and it's been a tough environment all, all around. So you you wish you know both sides could uh, get together and find a, a balance. But you know with the NHL, we lost a full year, and it came down to that salary cap uh, and and kind of revenue share. And uh, that's something that eventually, you know, came to fruition where we had to make sure that if we were going to sh- share revenue, that we we're all going to be honest with one another on what revenue was coming in. And, and I think uh, that's kind of probably where baseball's headed. I love that. We, we have to be honest with each other. And that really, that really is the biggest problem. And I'm, glad, I'm so glad you brought up the point. You know, uh, both sides, and especially the owners, they're going to survive. They can, they can go years without, uh, you know, playing the sport. But, it's the, you know, it's the people who – have jobs around your sport. They're the ones who get killed at the arena, the parking, all that, the concessions, all the other money in a you know a downtown area, the bars, the, those small business owners. They're the ones who really feel the brunt of this thing. Absolutely, yeah. There's the ripple effect for for things like this that happen that you know lose lose time and and, and valuable months of uh, of like you say employees that you know are counting on that revenue that uh, they would normally be getting, but. Yeah, nobody wins in this uh, in this scenario. Well, I will tell you, in Sports Talk Radio, um, I started over 25 years ago. If this was happening, I'd be like, well, we're in some trouble. What are we going to talk about? But sports has grown so much in this country, and hockey is so big now. The NHL is so big, and especially here in Vegas. I mean, I told the audience, I'm like, I honestly, I don't care if MLB comes back anytime soon because we have the Knights, we have the NHL. Um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so – Let's get into it. Uh, before we get to the Sharks, what's your view of what 
the Knights have done this year where they've kind of been on the edge of the playoffs, but they haven't been able to get right and really going strong in a direction? Well, you know, obviously picking up Jack Eichel is just something that, you know, the organization thought, boy, if we could pick up a, one of these top centers in the world, let's go after and get him. And you guys did. I mean, that says a lot. And you've got a lot of centers already. Obviously, Chandler Stevenson's a player that can play center. You know, William Carlson kind of having a little bit of an off year. But, you know, Nick Waugh can be there. Um, you know, you guys have just had some injury problems. Obviously, the two guys uh, that you want to make sure that you could, you know, keep in the lineup are, are out. Patch Reddy and Mark Stone. I mean, those are the two guys that drive a lot of the offense for you guys. And to have them out, um, a better time now to be out than towards the end of the year uh, when you're, you know, just getting ready to go in the playoffs. So I'm sure those two players hopefully will be healthy for you guys going into the playoffs because I, I ultimately, you know, even with Alec Martinez uh, as a player for me, that, uh, you know, you having him out right now, I, I think he's spectacular, and he's so underrated. Played in big games. He's won championships. Uh, so that's a player for you guys that you can really rely upon here in the playoffs. But I, I love your team. I think it's a solid team. It's a, it's a Stanley Cup contending team uh, and one heck of a, you know, an opponent here for the Sharks tonight. Brett, the, the rivalry obviously started off pretty strong when the Golden Knights, uh, you know, entered the league. And it seems to maybe have cooled off a little bit, but I'm not sure if the intensity is still there. When, when the when the Golden Knights are visiting or when the Sharks are visiting, what's the buzz like? Is it still a very strong rivalry? Um, you know, you're right. It used to be, you know, with Ryan Reeves, Vander Kane, uh, the playoff rivalry that uh, that the you know, Sharks. Anytime you can have a a playoff intensity matchup like there was against the Knights and, and the Sharks, that's something that lives on for a long time. But, I mean, when you talk about since then, you know, the, the three games being, you know, are down 3 nothing in, in Game 7, come back to win, obviously none of the Vegas Knights fans want to hear that. But the Sharks, that was a real incredible moment for them uh, in playoff history. But since then, it seems like the, the Knights have, have won almost every game. It hasn't. The Sharks haven't been able to compete with the Knights um, and that's why this rivalry has kind of maybe you know simmered, I think, on the back burner. It's not; it's no longer on the front burner. It's just a little bit on the back burner. And, and the Sharks fans still love to hate the Knights, and I'm sure the Knights fans love to hate the Sharks. But it's that intensity is probably not as is where it was. Well, and tonight, big. I mean, Peter DeBoer's 499th win was in San Jose, and now he has a chance to 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 win number 500 against San Jose in Vegas. Kind of ironic, don't you think? Yeah, I just uh, seeing that tonight, uh, doing my preparation here for the game. Uh, you know, sitting on four ninety nine, and, and potentially could get his like yeah, like you say, got his four ninety nine, and could get his five hundred tonight against his team uh, that he that he used to coach. So, uh, I, I really enjoyed you know being around Pete DeBoer. I think he's one heck of a hockey coach. Um, he's a straight shooter. He calls it the way it is. He top players and his goaltender. I, I think I've never seen anybody better at really raising his top players up. And I'm sure, you know, under you know closed doors, he holds them accountable and demands a lot out of them as well. But that's what you want as a top player. You want a coach to hold you to the fire. You also want a coach to, to pick you up when, when you need to be picked up. And I think Pete's done a, a terrific job of that throughout his career. Talking to Brad Hedekin. He'll be calling from the San Jose side. And, you know, uh, you, you mentioned the word straight shooter. It's funny because we asked Zach Whitecloud yesterday, 
said, yeah, you're a young guy, but you've been with the organization since day one. But under his pro career, he's only played for Pete, and he used those exact words he appreciated most was that he was a straight shooter. You know, since January 13th, San Jose has the third lowest points or tied for realistically the third, fourth, fifth lowest with Arizona, Seattle, four, seven, and five. And then Golden Knights are right there with 14. Both have somewhat underachieved, but Golden Knights are six, six, and two. The Sharks have been competitive. They're one, one, and three in their last five true, uh, road games. They're they're right there. What's going on with the Sharks this season? Well, I mean, depth. Yeah. I mean, you've got more rookies that have played their um, in in their lineup this year than any other team in the NHL. Uh, they've had eight rookies score their first goal this year. I mean, that's that pretty much tells you what type of season it's been for the Sharks. They've had COVID issues. They've had a lot of injuries. Obviously, Eric Carlson's still out of the lineup. He had a, a surgery on his forearm. Um, you know, you just haven't found the consistency throughout the lineup in scoring goals. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe why you guys, as of late, haven't maybe won as much as you normally would, is that the, you know, the goal uh, well has dried up a little bit. You're not getting that consistency uh, scoring through the lineup. And I think that's been the Sharks' biggest thing all season long, just finding the consistency uh, every night to be able to count on or the defense as well. They just haven't had that consistency all year. The the time that you did spend in, in calling games where Peter DeBoer was coach, he, he was always a guy who got his defense, his blue liners involved with the offense. He's very adamant with that. We've seen that sort of been implemented. It was very apparent when he took over the Golden Knights that first few games, and then it's it's been somewhat of a staple mark during his career. Um, what other similarities have you seen that he's been able to, when you called or seen or had a chance to watch the Golden Knights that he's brought, you know, because he took the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final, he took the Devils to the Stanley Cup final, both in his first year with both franchises, and there's a fan base out here waiting for the Golden Knights to go to the Stanley Cup every single year since they've made it, obviously, the first season. What similarities do you see that DeBoris carried over here? Yeah, I, I think you've, you've nailed a good part of, of what his strategy is. And I think that's the strategy to win a Stanley Cup. I really do. When I say strategy, I mean getting your defenseman involved, the fourth attacker. If you watch a team like the Florida Panthers this year, who have been one of the best teams I've seen all year, uh, their, their defensemen, as this puck transitions in their defensive zone, they're on the throttle. And, and they're not stopping. They're going full throttle north. They're going jumping into play, sometimes all five guys are in the play. And they're dangerous every shift. And I think to play that style, you have to be, uh, your six defensemen have to be in good shape. You just can't do it with guys that can't get on the ice. So um, I think implementing that and continuing to do that throughout the season is something that's going to condition them for the, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, you know, Pete DeBoer's penalty kills, uh, you know, I think looking at the coaching staff that, uh, these spots come over with him. Those were always a staple for us, the, the penalty, the PK. Um, and then his really good job of keeping that third guy in a good position in the offensive zone, knowing you're not going to get below the puck too often. I think that's something I've seen from Pete's teams is real discipline with regard to uh, you know playing that third guy the right way. All right, Brett, some great stuff. But now i got to get personal with you here because you grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. You went to North back in the days when – Playing four sports was cool, not just three. Now, at the time you were attending North, I was over at Minnetonka 
And uh, the Skippers got past Edina for the first time in 1985 with Jim Walsh and Jim Walharm. Do you remember? Do you remember those names, Jim Walsh and Jim Wilharm? We, the 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 Minnetonka Skippers went to the state tournament at the St. Paul Civic Center, and it was the triple or the quadruple overtime game is the reason. The Minnesota State Hockey Tournament will no longer suspend a game and make you come back the next day. I don't. I'm wondering if you remember that because we're around the same age. I, I do. And you were playing at North yeah, at that I, time. I, I do remember that. Did you play with Tim Hunnis? I did. I didn't play. I, I didn't play, but I remember oh. Tim Hunnis. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So, so I played with Tim Hunnis, and yeah, I think he was part of that game as well, uh, if yes, I remember that correctly. But um, yeah, what a great program. Uh, they had there, and, and yeah, Tim, Tim, we played college hockey together at St. Cloud State University, and, you know, just thinking about Minnesota hockey, isn't it great? Thinking about the state high school hockey tournament, 15, oh. 16,000, you know, people at the arena watching um, the high school kids play hockey for the state championship. It's a, it's one of the greatest tournaments in, in, our, in our country. It is, and if you remember back then in, in 82, Sports Illustrated did at the back end of their their issues, they'd always have this big, long, feature and they did one on the minnesota state high school hockey tournament how it was the greatest high school athletic state tournament in america of all sports i will never forget it and the graphics weren't even pictures they were like art like leroy neiman type art i remember reading about it because i had just moved to eden prairie and eden prairie high school hadn't been built and so i was zoned for minnetonka so but yeah you're right it was that was some great times up there going to the saint paul civic center watching the state hockey tournament well, I, I never had a chance to play in the state high school hockey tournament. I was unfortunate. Our team just were never that good, unfortunately. And, you know, I had a chance to go to Hill Murray, which is a, a, a private school next to where I grew yep. up. And, Hill, Mur- you know, Hill Murray won, never it won it that year. What's that? Hill Murray won it that year that Minnetonka finally got past Edina and played in that quadruple overtime and lost to Bloomington Jefferson. Yeah, they've had so many great teams. And, I again, I could have played for that team probably as a high school kid. But for me, I was – attached to the guys I grew up with and it was hard for me to leave the North St. Paul program where I grew up playing uh, with all those guys to go to Hill Murray so I stuck it out and ended up working out for me but uh, yeah those are some fun days and I wish I'd have had a chance to play in that state high school hockey tournament. Brett great spot man we appreciate you carving out a couple of minutes for us on game day thank you so much. Oh you got it Steve Willie no problem guys look forward to a good game here tonight. There he is, Brett Hedigan, long-time NHL player, a long-time voice now of the Sharks on uh, NBC SN. We'll come back 4 o'clock hour. Miles Simmons checks in from Pro Football Talk. Lots to get into with the National Football League. But first, the football frenzy and list and list and list and list and list of all the guys the Raiders are in on. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.